Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violent, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour. I don't know why, but I just had an image of like when you were like, here we go, right before we started. I wanted to put my arms in the air and be like, woo, like we're on a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how often I do this, but I just realized that when I said welcome to Harpy Hour, I did like a grand arm gesture as if I had (laughs) an audience of people in front of me, like, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Step in. Have a seat. <laughs> oh Big, God. like, theater arms. Like, hello. I love it. Hello. I, think, I think I'm rubbing off on you. I love it. Right at the very end. Right at the very end. You finally yes, did it, Yes, because we're all Tracy. dying and are stopping being friends after <laughs> Well, who are we? I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. And this is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. So I had Tracy has some entertainment and ridiculous stories <laughs> in her own history. I had the second worst Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right. It's not your worst. It's not my worst Valentine's Day. It's my second worst Valentine's Day. Well, it's pretty close. What was the worst Valentine's Day? She broke her elbow. The worst Valentine's Day was when I dislocated my elbow or dislocated. Oh. In uh, 2014, 2014, when I fell on the ice and my boyfriend at the time tried to rescue me and get me out of the coat that I was wearing, because it was February, obviously, and he further damaged my body. But your coat was the only thing holding your arm Correct. together. Correct. <laughs> you just fell apart. It's my, it's my only time I ever was in an ambulance. It was before Steph moved to D.C. So I was at but Steph was not there. She was at the ER that I worked at. Yes. But I was not there yet. And then one of the residents, the, the orthopedic resident or intern, the orthopedic intern came to set my elbow. And I turned to uh, Schman, my boyfriend at the time, and was like, do not let an intern do this. I am in so much pain. I am going to cry, blah, blah, blah. They're and I know somehow. I know. I know. And it goes <laughs> against everything that I previously thought. But no, when I was in the moment, I failed my own moral compass. It's fine. So... It's to this day, it's still the only time I've ever like whited out from pain. Like I like whited out completely for like five seconds. It was still the worst pain of my life. And that includes when my IUD sliced into my uterus. Yeah, I was there for that one. Yeah. We have so many good Tracy health (laughs) stories. Tracy ER stories. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what's the latest one? Well, the latest one wasn't even me. It's not me. So, Craigers, my beloved (laughs) Craigers, the highlights are that he sliced his leg while bringing in our new couch, like right after our honeymoon back in like mid October. You know, he bandaged it up. He put some Neosporin on it. Like, we've We thought it was just normal. Like, it was a larger than average cut, but not anything crazy. Well, since then, it got infected. It started spreading. Steph had to keep, like, texting him what to do. I've got many, uh, I did many text consults over this leg for the past few weeks. Yeah. He's been on three rounds of five different antibiotics. Jesus. Surprised he didn't get massive diarrhea. Yeah. Or we just haven't heard that part. That's true. I feel like we would have. Well, I can confirm. No, I would have said that. (laughs) Can confirm that did not happen. But uh, so on Valentine's Day, which was this Monday, as we record, Craig started complaining about back pain and chill. Back pain and chills. The new sexy times. Yeah. (laughs) That is exactly how Steph's presented. Right. Many so I years say ago. this in the group chat 
<laughs> and Steph goes, those were my first symptoms of sepsis. He needs to be seen right now. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that solves that question. So <laughs> we end up going, long story short, we end up in the ER for like seven or eight hours. And they're like, and they did an MRI. They did blood cultures. They did different labs. They did all this different stuff. And they have determined that it is likely dermatitis, that his infection is no longer there, and that we're just treating like the reaction to the infection. Like residual at this symptoms. Point. Right. But like there was a time where they thought the infection could have gone to his spine and to like spread throughout his lymphatic system. So we thought that he was going to be put on IV antibiotics, but it looks like the infection itself has cleared up and we're just looking at the aftermath on his body. That's the rolling, the theory we're rolling with right now. Now, I maybe in future recordings might be like, well, sad news. Craig is dead. Yeah. (laughs) Craig has lost his leg. Yes. So that's just where we're at. On this particular day. So, Happy Valentine's yeah. Day. So yeah, that's the second Valentine's Day I have spent in the ER. But it wasn't me this time. So I pointed out to Tracy that dermatitis is kind of a catch-all phrase we use in the ER. It feels like a catch-all phrase. <laughs> yeah, because that's also just like an allergic reaction on right. your skin. Like it could be as simple as that. That's also dermatitis. Dermatitis literally just translates to like inflammation of the skin. Yeah. So I mean, it's not... It's what the ex- symptom is. It's not what the issue is. It's not giving a cause for it. It's so just, he's on some kind of... Yeah. He's on, like, steroids right now. He was at the dermatologist this morning, and he got some cream, like, some topical cream just to, like, ease the itching so that he can, you know, let it heal. A week or so ago, Tracy and Craig called me and Eric and our other friend while we were camping to do a consult. I forgot that they were camping at that time. I'm not a jerk. Yes, me and Eric, who both work in the ER, and our other friend is a internal medicine hospitalist, the same hospital. So the three of us were all reviewing the the pictures. and Yeah, we had a medical team. Talking to you guys over the phone and giving you the whole team consult. We did. It was great. We got excellent care. Well, Mm -hmm. I suggested to Tracy that maybe they need to ceremoniously burn the couch and it will just release the curse. And what was my response, Liz? She said, no, she would rather lose Craig's leg. (laughs) It's a really comfy couch, you guys. I don't know. I feel like if I were Craig, I'd have like PTSD with the couch. No, he loves the couch. He still loves the couch. It's fine. Still worth it. Worth a leg. A thousand percent. So yeah, that's my uh, story of woe about this. Hope you've enjoyed my suffering, listeners. I think that is a better Valentine's Day than Captain Cook had, at least. You know, <laughs> it, it, that is such an optimistic way to assess this situation. Mm-hmm. I still think that Craig owes me my Italian dinner that I had reserved for us that we did. Oh, not. yeah. You didn't get to go to dinner. We didn't get what did to... you end up eating for dinner? Uh, nothing. I had Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Still pretty good. Two sleeves of Thin Mints. (laughs) No, but then there was another family in the ER waiting room. It was also like a surge in the ER at this point. There was another family in the waiting room. And this little old lady like wheeled up to me in her wheelchair. She was having like chest pains or something. Uh, I didn't tell you guys this. And she came up to me when she saw me eating my Girl Scout cookies. And she's like, how much can I give you for your Girl Scout cookies right now? (laughs) I'm like, are you serious for you? And she's like, no, my uh, family brought me here and they haven't had anything to eat and I want to give them cookies. And I'm like, just take the box, just take it. And and she wouldn't let me. So I'm like, okay, I will take, I will take your $3, ma'am. Fine. Like, so. That was very nice of you. I'm benevolent. (laughs) <laughs> and from a pregnant lady, no less. I know, I'm from a visibly pregnant woman. <laughs> Were they Thin Mints? No, it was the trefoils. I brought the trefoils oh, with okay. me. I would be reluctant to give up Thin Mints. Trefoils, yeah, have out. Well, the, the, her husband, 
her elderly husband was like, oh, if these were the chocolate ones, that'd be different. I'm like, you know what? Beggars so- can't be choosers, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. So he grumbled that it wasn't Finmint. That'll be $10 for exactly. you. <laughs> I was like, are you oh, fucking fuck. kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So anyway. <laughs> What a dick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he crumbled about it like over and over and over because they were sitting next to me. So I'm like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Also, just like fucking leave and get food then. Yeah. Like, go to the cafeteria. They eventually did. They eventually got an Italian dinner. Probably because oh I was talking well, like, about like, it. At least go to the fucking cafeteria. I mean... Yeah. They showed up yeah. at your restaurant and were like, the <laughs> reservations are under Conway. I probably <laughs> did, for all I know. Like Table of two. <laughs> Ugh, furious. Anyway, Steph, do something. Alrighty. So my segment today is, you're probably going to guess it from the title, One Giant Lie for Mankind. Are we talking about the moon landing? People who think the moon landing is a hoax. <laughs> yeah. The moon landing conspiracy. I'm so excited. So coming down to my last couple episodes here, I've been thinking about the topics that have been on my list forever and just haven't gotten around to. So today we're going to go to a classic conspiracy theory. The moon landing. I'm yes. so excited. I just watched Hidden Figures the other day. Right? It's like, I mean, beyond really what I'm about good. to talk about right now, it's fucking bananas that we made it to the moon with, like, without no computers, real basically. computers. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a bunch of people doing math on chalkboards it and was shit. Like, really oh impressive. God. Highly recommend the movie. Really like Taraji P. Henson. Yes. Very good movie. Crazy history. Fucking bananas. About 5% of Americans believe that the Apollo moon landings were faked. Oh, my God. Current, like how recent was this polling? Like yesterday. Um, this was like uh, a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But like in the twenty late twenty tens, early twenty twenties. The article had said like over the years there have been polls and they show this. So it sounds like okay. it's not like one poll. It was like consistently it's about four to six percent. Okay. I would have yeah. thought that there would have been at least like more variation from the time that it happened to now. Like as we've gotten more sure. chronological distance from the event. Like you think it would have gone down or gone up? I don't know. I just feel like there'd be variation, like because generations have changed. Like okay. some people were born not having seen it, you know, on TV or heard about it. Right. You know? I did read somewhere that uh, more recently, it's it's gone up a little bit just because, like you said, like the further people are away from the event, there's fewer people who were there for it and saw it and things like that. So it's, or maybe not that it's more common now, but like the there's a shift in terms of um, younger people, like 20s and stuff, are more likely to believe it than people in like their 50s or 60s who were there, okay. you know, who saw it on TV or whatever. Yeah, there's a difference in it being like a lived, shared experience. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 50 years from now, people could be like, I don't think 9-11 ever happened. Yeah. I mean, there are 9-11 Fuck conspiracy you. theories. We're not going to go into that. But like, we will be like, we were there. It fucking happened. You know, yeah. same thing with like the Holocaust, right? People. Yes. There are people who deny the Holocaust. The, clearly, they're not people who were there. Anyway, so these idiots believe that NASA staged the moon landings in order to embarrass the USSR during the Cold War and the space race. The details of this belief vary. Some say that we never made it to the moon at all. Some say that we made it, but that the first one was fake. And some say that we went to the moon, but not in a rocket ship. We went in flying saucers. Obviously. And that intersects with other alien-related conspiracy theories that we just simply don't have time for today. Oh. Yeah, I'm just thinking about how consistent with many of the other conspiracy theories you've done that the concept that this being fake would require international buy-in in ways that countries oh, we do will, not we will get to have it. the capacity to undertake these people have never <laughs> planned an event like there's we no way this many people coordinated this effort so the belief in this conspiracy theory took off with the book we never went to the moon america's 30 billion dollar swindle 
by libertarian Bill Casing in the 1970s. What a creative title. Mm-hmm. There's something about the first part of the title, We Never Went to the Moon, that just, I, I pictured it as like a children's book, like a student <laughs> like, not wrong. picture book. I like see Like Night Moon. And then the rest of the subtitle really made it like a stupid old person book. Yeah. yeah. It has been reported that Bill Casing was initially recruited by publishers to write the book as a satire, and then Casing drank his own Kool-Aid and began to believe the stuff he was writing. God damn it, Casing. <laughs> his publishers then told him that what he had written was not fit for publishing, <laughs> so he became convinced that they were colluding with NASA yep. and to suppress, like, to suppress his book revealing the truth. Sure. Then he self-published the book in 1976, and pretty much started the whole fake moon landing conspiracy theory situation. And then he spent the rest of his career going on talk shows and probably making a good chunk of change doing that. For now, first, let's hang out in reality for a little bit and talk about what actually happened. The Soviet Union was having some early success in space exploration in the early 60s. So JFK started the U.S. moon landing project uh, program in 1961. Since then, humans have landed on the moon six times. Apollo 11 was the first on July 20th, 1969. Apollo 12 was also in 1969. Apollo 14 and 15 were in 71 and 16 and 17 and 72. We don't talk about 13. We don't talk about 13. No, no, no. We don't talk about 13. But, no, what? I said too soon, Steph. <laughs> Actually, no, we, we're just kidding. We can talk about it. Um, <laughs> there was an explosion during the flight of Apollo 13. The spacecraft sustained significant damage, but Tom Hanks and his crew made it safely home alive, sadly without making it to the moon first. The end. Oh, okay. Historically accurate. Historically 100% accurate. The last three flights that went to the moon carried lunar roving vehicles, LVRs, which basically are space cars that could drive around the moon, which is awesome, and I want to do that. And the U.S. had planned for there to be Apollo 18 through 20, but the American people were all upset at the time because they felt the government should focus on more important things like the Vietnam War. So those never happened. Okay. Neil Armstrong was the first man to set foot on the moon, followed 20 minutes later by Buzz Aldrin. And uh, the USSR, after all that, never made it to the moon Walls. for a variety of reasons politics finances and technical difficulties by which i mean all four of their test flights exploded quite spectacularly that would be a problem mm-hmm. their plans were kept secret back then so they just kind of pretended that they never wanted to go to the moon anyway <laughs> <laughs> they were like why would we send humans to the moon we could just do it with robots and just like pretended that they never wanted to go i never said that <laughs> I never said I wanted to go. <laughs> Prove it. Show about? me the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> they okay. just kind of gave up on going to the moon altogether and just did like orbital space stations instead. This is what I wanted all along. Yeah, exactly. So what are the conspiracy theories surrounding the moon landings? And yes, multiple conspiracies exist. Oh, I'm sure. I'm ready. There are different groups that have their own takes on which parts of the moon landings were faked and why. First, let's go back and talk about the Flat Earthers. We already talked about these guys in detail in my episode 99, Turtles All the Way Down. So we're not going to get too in the weeds with them again. I can't. I just don't have... I can't. I can't do it. But as it relates to the moon landing. Correct. Their take is that space travel altogether is impossible and never happened. And so all of the moon landings are fake. Why do you have to be a flat earther, but then also not believe in space travel? What does that have to do with the earth being flat? Well, we'll get to it. Okay. So Charles K. Johnson, the former president of the Flat Earth Society. If you remember me in my segment, this is the guy who was very into the Bible. He didn't, he like failed to understand gravity when his elementary school teacher tried to teach it to him. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he thought that round earthers were trying to turn people away from Christianity. So that guy, he claimed that prior to the moon landings, quote, almost no one seriously considered the world to be a ball. Mm, I mean, yep. Way up until that point, it was like, I don't know, it could, could go either, could either way. It could be a pyramid. Who knows? Turtle. 
turtles. Well, because didn't they believe that just the Earth was flat, but they acknowledged the other solar bodies were around? I think they're different. I think there's a spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different beliefs there, yeah. (laughs) But as we learned from my previous segment, this is false because pretty much everyone since the 6th century BCE knew and accepted that the Earth was round until these assets came around in the 1950s. Johnson believed that the Apollo missions were filmed at Hollywood Studios, and he called the space shuttle, quote, a very ludicrous joke. But overall, the flat earthers, Liz, to answer your question, think the moon landings were faked in order to get people to believe in a round Earth. Uh, Again, mm. there are many reasons why they think a flat Earth is being covered up, They don't all agree on why, just refer to episode 99 for all that nonsense, but pretty much we pretended to go to the moon in order to prove that the earth was round, but the earth is not round, it's flat, and it was all just part of the conspiracy to cover up the flat earth. I get it. It's a conspiracy nesting egg. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Or those Russian nesting dolls, yeah. Yeah. Then there are the Vedic fundamentalists. There are devout followers of the Hare Krishna who believe that the moon landings must be fake. Hare Krishna, if you are unfamiliar, is a cult that is like an offshoot from Hinduism. Hare and they're those, they're those people Krishna. that you would see at the airport back, you know, yeah. a couple, no, a while back. I don't think they're there much anymore. They're problematic for a lot of reasons, including that their guru condones rape and child marriage. Yeah, it's not cool. I don't have time for it. Do not have time for it. But they believe that the moon landings must be fake because pretty much if a human made it to the moon, this would contradict a lot of their holy texts. Oh, so they're like, we're too deep into this bullshit that we can't handle right. this, the other bullshit. Exactly. Because okay. if this one thing is true, a lot of what we stand for is completely bunk. And then, sure. then it'd be like cards. dominoes. Yeah, exactly. Got House it. of cards, dominoes. So what do their like religious teachings or whatever have to do with the moon? So in their text, it says that the moon is further away than the sun. It is surrounded by fire and ice and covered in plant life. Oh, so yeah, that would negate it. (laughs) So if we send a man to the moon and yeah, and you just see like it's barren, dusty rock. Yeah. It kind of contradicts all of that. Yeah. All right. Which then would bring everything else they believe in into question. Well, I mean, at least they're consistent. They even have a tab on their website dedicated just to the moon landing and how it has to be a hoax. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's how committed they are to this. Yeah, I mean, consistency is key. Mm-hmm. And then there are the orbiters and the sabrellites. These are my terms. I will explain. Okay. So, <laughs> Both of them are your terms? Yes. All right. One of the more common beliefs in regards to the moon landings is that the astronauts did go to space, but they only made it to low orbit around the Earth. So they believe that the Earth is round. They believe that humans made it into space. Okay. But not that humans actually touched down on the moon. So we just floated around? How would you get, like, how would their belief only get them halfway? Like, what's the limiting factor that prohibits them from believing the whole thing? Well, my next line. Usually, this belief is connected to the idea that space outside of Earth's orbit has a fatal level of radiation, so the people couldn't possibly have gone there. Oh. This radiation rationality was perpetuated by a man named Bart Sibrell. Uh, he is a conspiracy theorist who appeared on a Fox TV special, because of course it would be fucking Fox who did this called Conspiracy Theory, Did We Land on the Moon? in 2001. Bill Casing also appeared on this documentary or this special. Sure. Sabrell also made a documentary called Astronauts Gone Wild in 2004. (laughs) Is there nudity? (laughs) Is there a calendar associated with it? Yes or no? Are there wet t-shirt contests? (laughs) (laughs) They've gone wild. The girls have gone wild. (laughs) How much do you have to pay for it? (laughs) In his documentary, he tried to use deceptive tactics to get astronauts to do questionable things to have like these gotcha moments kind of thing. Okay. So he tried to get astronaut Ed Mitchell to hit him so that he could sue. Mitchell did not hit him, but Buzz Aldrin fucking did. Buzz Aldrin seems like the cool one of these yes. of these astronauts. He's also the one that made an appearance on 30 Rock. 
Oh, yeah. Yelling at the moon. Mm-hmm. I've walked on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So this was after Sabrell was like, he kept following him and harassing him outside of a hotel, demanding that Aldrin put his hand on a Bible and swear that he had walked on the moon. And this like, ho- I saw this video, you can find it online. This oh, hotel bellhop tries to like get Sibril to leave, uh, to leave Aldrin alone and tries to like get in the way. Aldrin keeps trying to walk away, but Sibril keeps like coming around and getting in his way again and like holding the Bible in front of him. <laughs> and then he gets like right up in Aldrin's face and he called him a coward, a liar and a thief. And on the word thief, Aldrin just slugs him right in the face. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, Buzz Aldrin was 72 at the time, and the police decided that Aldrin was provoked, and so there were no charges. So he didn't sue after all. Yeah. (laughs) I digress. The point is, this idiot with the, you know, the the, uh, documentary idiot, he's the one who started this whole radiation excuse. People who believe in this, uh, this radiation thing, clearly don't know enough about it to understand it. There are many different kinds of radiation, of ionizing radiation, coming from various sources in space, emitting different levels of radiation. And we have to consider things like exposure time and protective equipment. I don't pretend to have a deep understanding of any of this by any means. But I know it's not as simple as radiation is bad and space has it. Yeah, it feels like there's a more nuanced approach here. Right. Yeah, because we use radiation in a controlled manner in a lot of ways. Yes. Exactly. Like, there's, it's X not rays. black and white. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of is, but. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> there's background radiation all the time here on Earth as well. And so the important thing to realize is that you only reach lethal levels of radiation over a long-term exposure or, you know, The amount and the length is what's important. The Apollo astronauts being up in space for nine days were exposed to about 11 MSV, which is a millisievert of radiation, which is about three times the background radiation the average person is exposed to in a year. Okay. For additional context, a CAT scan of your abdomen and pelvis, which is something I order multiple times per day, Mm -hmm. almost every shift, is 10 MSV. Okay. So, you know, the the astronauts have a lifetime cap of 1,000 MSV because, yes, repeated exposure can lead to things like cancer and other illnesses. And airline pilots have these same lifetime caps. So it's there, but it's not like they're going to shoot up into space and come back with, like, horrible deformities and cancer-riddled bodies, you know? Honestly, I'd be more concerned about, like, the pilot and the crew of an airplane because the volume is just so much more massive than i mean you, you than, do it more often yeah. yeah yeah that being said i didn't get the statistics on how much a plane is but i do know like a plane ride they i feel like that's a benchmark for a lot of things like right like oh this is the same radiation as flying from the east to west coast twice or something like that so yeah i don't know i'm not too worried yeah bill casing was the one who suggested that astronauts did go to space but hung in low orbit uh, and then from there, went to a movie set in Nevada to film the moon landing. Come on. Why, first of all, why Nevada? I, I don't know. Why it's where the aliens it? go. But Is that where but, Area 51 is? Isn't that New Mexico? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But it desert, I guess. Mexico. You know, you can go in the middle yeah. of the desert. Yeah. What the fuck? It's where they do a lot of, like, test explosions. I don't know about Nevada specifically, but, like, the desert. Desert, like, yeah. It's a vast wasteland i mean yes to experiment secluded and (laughs) yeah and wreak havoc i mean absolutely but like what (laughs) never mind the fact that if they had remained in low orbit they would have been visible from earth but whatever so was it just so his theory that he's banking on is that we shot them up into space they hid for a little bit and then came back and lied like they cheated on some assignment and like filmed on a movie set. Correct. Maybe they just picked a cloud to orbit yeah. over. It's like, yeah, like, I'm definitely going, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going. You got it. That's that is the working theory. Oh, OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK. So they have the same like commitment to the cause as like a two-year-old saying they already brushed their teeth 
Yeah. Cool. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Then there are the later landers. Again, my term. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that your terms become mainstream. You need to like write a blog post about this. Yes. And and like coin these terms and make them. (laughs) I love it. Make them happen. So these are the people who believe that we did eventually make it to the moon, but that at least the first landing was fake. And this was done so that the public would believe that NASA met JFK's deadline of getting a man on the moon before the end of the decade. I mean, he did announce that. And so that they would believe that we beat the Soviet Union there because of the space race. Which we did beat them there because they never went. And then there are the fake photo followers. Some believe that we did go to the moon, but when we got there, we made all these amazing discoveries like aliens or maybe evidence of like an ancient alien society that's now extinct and the government or whatever secret society or whatever general they don't want the world to know about this. So they just went to a movie set and faked the photos, but that the landing actually happened. Okay. Why these discoveries would need to be kept secret is unclear. Maybe the reptoids wanted to keep it quiet. I don't know. And now let's talk about the evidence. There are no stars in the photos of the moon landing. Mm-hmm. This is true. Oh, okay. This is true. There, you cannot see stars in the pictures taken on the moon. But it's not evidence that the photos are fake. Most photos taken at night don't show stars because they're so faint. Like, if you go outside and just take a picture of the sky at night, you're not going to see the stars in your picture. Yeah. yeah, it's like the famous, like, trying to take pictures of the moon and fireworks. You're like, oh, it's so impressive. And then you try to take a picture and it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, fireworks. <laughs> I've taken pictures of fireworks before and it's like, you can't, it's just, it's looks like it's nothing. not little red yeah. dots. Yeah. 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 It's not very impressive at all. It takes the human eye several minutes to an hour or so to see stars, even if you're like outside on a clear night with very minimal light pollution. So that's like a long exposure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also a highly reflective moon and bright white reflective spacesuits are light pollution on the moon, like in these Hmm. photos. So the camera kind of has the same issues that our, our eye has. So in order to see the stars well on a camera, you would need a very long exposure time or you would need a very large large aperture. If you compare the camera to the eye, the aperture is like the iris. You just need a big space to see. Simply put, they just didn't have the technological capabilities of doing that back in that back then. That's fair. Yeah. Another piece of evidence. The in flag. One f- we'll get to the flag. <laughs> I think those are the only two I can think of was stars and flag are ones that I know to be like most commonly cited that I can think of off the top of my head. We'll get to the flag. But now we're going to talk about the sea rock. Okay. In one photo, the letter C can be seen written on a rock. So therefore, it must be a prop and C is a label so they know where to put it on the set is the theory. That's like how you're... Your brain wants to see things that it's familiar with, like how we see faces and objects that are not human or animate. The C is just an almost circle. Like if it were wiggle, yeah. If it were like (laughs) a more complex one, maybe. But come on, if it were the full alphabet, (laughs) (laughs) I'd be suspicious. Was there an A, a B, an E, and an F anywhere in the photos? <laughs> well, my counter argument is even more ridiculous than that, actually. <laughs> it turns out the original photo and the negatives don't even have this C in there at all. It just showed up in later prints. So somebody fucked with it? It was like they determined it was either a fiber or a hair that somehow got contaminated during later production of the image. So like with each reproduction, the quality like decreases. Right. So like somewhere along the line, someone was like uh, printing out or producing this photo and it got contaminated. And then every reprint after that had the same thing in it. Okay. So they were just reproducing a factual misstatement, basically. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. So A, there's no letter C and B, it's a hair. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. 
And also, C, film crews don't label props like this for this exact reason, because they don't want it to be seen on, like, on camera. I was going to say, like, what a <laughs> shitty prop. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why would a prop have a label on it that you could see? No. If anything, they would, the, like, the ground around the prop or the set piece would have, like, the spikes that, like, the, the, right, the different, yeah, the different colored tape that, like, spike that specific uh, yeah. piece. This is where you put the rock. Exactly. exactly. It's not, this you don't is label the, the rock. rock. Itself. Yeah. This is the rock. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the photos. In the photos of the astronauts on the moon, if you look at the reflection in their visors, you can see the, astro- the other astronaut who is taking the photo. Okay. Except in the, in the reflection, he's not holding a camera. Gasp. Okay. Counter argument. Have you ever tried to take a photo with a camera while wearing winter gloves? It's <laughs> fucking impossible. You can't do it. It's, it. You can't do it, let alone like try doing it in a fucking spacesuit. They're not going to be able to hold a camera and just yeah. like hold it in front of them and look through and snap a photo. Yeah, take that's a fair. selfie. Yeah. Their that's... cameras were mounted on their chests. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, did they have a cams? tripod? But no, no, they had a camera mounted on, mounted their chest. on the chest of the set. Okay. That's, right. And so they that makes took sense. like, they just took a fuck ton of photos and then they chose the best ones, cleaned those up. And those are the ones that people are most familiar with. Okay. Yeah. So you don't see the camera in their hands because it's not in their hands. It's on their chest. Okay. That makes sense. If you look in the reflections, you'll see the other astronaut touching his chest. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then that's fine. Exactly. Some people think the photos are too good, which means they must be taken by professional photographers. Well, I mean, they used the professional equipment of the time. Counter argument, that's dumb. If we can afford to send people to the fucking yeah. moon, we're not going to skimp out on the cameras and give them a bunch of disposable Kodaks. Yeah, we're going to exactly. afford to give them the best technology. We're not going to cut corners on the evidence. Also, when you're going on a mission like that, they train you for every aspect of your job, which is including taking the best pictures you can with the equipment you have. I'm certain that they had like specific lessons on photography. Oh, a thousand percent. There's no way they were not trained for this. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said before, they only picked the best pictures. I'm sure there were a bunch of duds they didn't show Oh, us, yeah, you know? because that was before the age of digital photos when you could actually like see beforehand that you took a good pic. Right, exactly. The best photos were selected from 5,771 photos that were taken. Jesus. Imagine. How many photos did you have to go through for your wedding, Tracy? Uh, <laughs> not that. <laughs> <laughs> and these photos were taken during the 4,834 minutes that the astronauts spent outside of their spacecraft. That's more than one a minute. <laughs> yes. That's terrifying. That's a lot of photos. Yeah. Too many photos, some say. Uh, me, I say. Almost as if all they did when they were on the moon was take fucking photos. Suspicious. Well, if it was <laughs> on their chest, was it maybe automatic as well? Just like Yeah, why would it not be automatic? Yeah. I think they did. Um, I don't know if there was some automatic, but they did have to push buttons. That, um, if, they had, if they had two features, I'm not sure. But they were pushing buttons on their chest. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. The counter argument to that is it takes literally a second to snap a photo. And there were two men with two cameras who were snapping photos while they're working. It's not like they're like, you know, taking pictures where Tourism. they set it up and like walk across the crater <laughs> and like, you know, do a jumping photo or whatever. Like this is like pictures of them working and it takes a literal second to snap a photo. It also, sure they're on the fucking moon. I watched a woman on the beach the other day spend an hour taking dozens of photos of herself just to yeah. get the right shot for Instagram. Yes. Like, they're on the fucking moon. <laughs> I dare you to go to the moon and not take 2,000 photos. I mean, super fair. <laughs> I, I, I would also take thousands of photos. Exactly. I don't believe in taking photos because I like to be present in the moment. Oh, go fuck yourself, Elizabeth. <laughs> you would take 2,000 photos on the moon. Go fuck yourself. You would take all the photos on the fucking moon. <laughs> you're not better than us. <laughs> what, you think you're better than me? Boom. That's another 30 Rock reference. Go ahead. And now we'll talk about the video. So there is video footage of Apollo 17 taking off. How could this possibly be? This is like when it's leaving the moon. Okay. And you even see the camera like tilt to follow it as it goes up. 
Counter argument, it was shot from a rover's camera that was operated remotely. I was going to say, you don't need (laughs) a person to operate a camera. Right. But, Tracy, how could they follow the ascent so perfectly given the time delay between Earth and the moon? It's a fucking computer. Science. (laughs) It's a fucking computer. I literally wrote in capital letters, science. Science. They knew the takeoff time. They knew about the delay. They knew about the camera tilt speed. They knew the velocity of the the spacecraft. And they were able to account for all that because science. Yeah. I don't see how this is an argument. (laughs) Also, there were two failed attempts at taking this shot before they got Apollo 17. So they tried taking it during Apollo 15, but the camera broke and wouldn't tilt. And they tried again during 16, but the operator was asleep at the wheel and turned the camera on too late. So there was trial and error then. Or it might have been because the astronauts parked in the wrong spot and that threw off their calculations. I read both things, so I don't know which one is true or if it's both. Hashtag user error. They missed it. Yes. User error occurred in Apollo 16. Now we'll talk about the shadows. In some of the photos of the astronauts, there are shadows cast in different directions, indicating that there must be more than one light source, right? The counter argument is if there was more than one light source, then each astronaut would have more than one shadow. They wouldn't have shadows in different directions, like one shadow each in a different direction. They would have multiple shadows each because they're both hit by both light sources. Mm -hmm. But it's just an optical illusion because of the uneven surface of the moon and the moon dust. And as previously stated, the moon itself is a source of light because it's reflecting sunlight. So... There's mul- there are there's light from all over the fucking place. I was going to say, there kind of are multiple light sources. Yeah, exactly. The moon. Natural. The sun. Yeah. So, that's dumb. And Liz, the flag. The flag. The flag. People say that the flag is seen flapping in the wind, but there's no wind in space. But the counter argument is, no, it's not fucking flapping. There is a horizontal rod going across the top of the flag, which holds it out like horizontally. So because if if you didn't have that there, the flag would just kind of hang slack. Be flat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It would just like hang down. Because there's no wind. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> when they were hanging it, they you know, they had the difficult task of in their fucking spacesuits, like opening up this horizontal rod and extending it out and adjusting the flag. So there are some photos. Where, like, during the process of doing this, the flag looks like it's rippling, like it's flapping in the wind, but that's just, like, them in the middle of adjusting the flag. Yeah, they're they're handling the silk. Right. And also, people say the flag, like, shakes, it moves, so therefore there must be wind, and space is supposed to be a vacuum. In reality, counter-argument, it shakes because space is a vacuum. Oh. Because on Earth... The flag would whip around in the wind and then settle down as the air like buffers against that movement. On the moon, there's no air resistance. So if you start moving the flag, like when they're adjusting it or touching it, it's going to keep moving until its own friction causes it to Mm. slow down because there's no air resistance. An object in motion stays in motion. Right. It's kind of like, you know, I feel like there's movies. Maybe was it it not Interstellar? What's the one that Sandra Bullock... Oh, gravity. Is it interstellar? Gravity. Gravity. Isn't there like a scene where like one of the astronauts kind of shoots out and like they're just going to, they just keep going? Yeah. Like you just there's, you can't, there's you can't nothing stop to stop you, including right. atmosphere. I actually didn't see gravity, so I can't oh, participate okay. in this, but. That's fine. Regardless, like you've seen space movies. Yes. Like if someone like shoots out from the ship and you don't catch them, like they're, they're gone, you know, because there's no air resistance to stop them. Same thing with the flag. Like, like you said, an object in motion stays in motion until friction slows it down, but there's no air resistance, so it's just got to slow down by its own friction, which takes a long time. It only moves when people touch it, and shortly thereafter, then it does eventually stop moving. Also, if it's a, mov- if it's a movie set, why the fuck is there wind? You're inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as Liz kind of alluded to in the beginning of this, let's talk about the scope of this cover-up. Back when I talked about the flat earthers, I talked about the improbability of such a large scale, like such a large number of people over such a long period of time being able to keep this secret. And there would be many reasons for someone to come forward at this point, like political gain, money, fame, like there's a lot of reasons to come forward and reveal this hoax at this point, if it is a hoax. A science writer named David Robert Grimes did research about conspiracies and an analysis to assess the probability 
of maintaining a secret of this scale, which is literally hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. He based his analysis on real conspiracies that were eventually exposed. And from his Can findings... Can I answer this? Yes. Zero percent. There is no <laughs> chance. If the, if the moon landing was a hoax, there, is, there would be a 95% chance that the, it would have been exposed within 3.68 years. Fucking absolutely. It has been almost 53 fucking years. Absolutely. There is no way. It was like 400,000 people <laughs> involved in this <laughs> across the fucking world. Yeah. There's, they're there's not all dead yet. No way. For the amount of money it would take to build equipment capable of space travel, because the equipment was undeniably built, as well as the control rooms, the launch pads, etc., and to create the bogus footage, and to pay off 400,000 fucking conspirators for their silence, why not just use that money to, I don't know, go to the fucking moon? Yeah. <laughs> right? This, this is outlandish. In conclusion, humans walked on the moon on July 20th, 1969, and multiple times thereafter, and the moral of the story is don't fuck with Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> no notes. Yes. No <laughs> notes whatsoever. That was gorgeous. Thank you. I'm going to send you guys the video of Buzz Aldrin's <laughs> I'm that guy in the face. I'm so excited. <laughs> this isn't quite moon-related, but it's space-related. Um, this other podcast that I've been binging lately, it's called You're Wrong About. I'll give them a free plug. Yeah, that's a freebie. <laughs> um, they are doing much better than we are. <laughs> um, they talk about major cultural and historic events and how we like misremember them and why we misremember them and what the actual facts are. And one of the episodes that I just listened to that was really well done was about the Challenger that exploded. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And because it was like famously carrying a teacher. Right. Uh, I think her name was Shannon McAuliffe. Um, I thought it was Sharon, but I could be wrong. Possibly. Yeah. Sharon McAuliffe. But it talks about like all the ways we misremember that. And one of the facts that, well, there were several facts that were very prominent. One being that we consider it an explosion, but it didn't actually explode. It fell apart. But because of that detail, the footage of the event didn't record sound. Like it didn't, there was no explosive sound. And so when news networks were replaying the footage of the event, they added in an explosion because they what? just thought it sounded, what? they thought the video looked weird that's so journalistically it, that it, that it, not okay absolutely like that's yeah. that's so bad the two hosts of you're wrong about are like professional journalists and they break this down I'm really really well or they um <laughs> oh my god uh so it's just like filled with so many like are you fucking kidding me scenarios so like the way like of course we misremember that event because we were fed false information about it well we and were not this alive, isn't to say yes. that i think it was fake i don't think it was fake but it's just those i can see how those kinds of things make people question yeah you know yeah. When, well yeah if you have someone altering your perception of the event then yes mm -hmm. wow, the i didn't know that. that's really interesting yeah, it was wild. Also, things like with the Challenger, um, if you talked to people who, you know, were there at the time, their their memories are kind of focused on like, you know, as if, the, you know, seeing it live on TV. But the reality also is that like nobody was actually watching it live mm -hmm. because it was in like the morning during a school day. So people were just at their jobs, at work. Like really, it was only school children who were watching it because right. there was a teacher on board. So it was like monumental for that population. Mm. There's a recent episode of the show, This Is Us, that features this. And it's about how the Challenger, uh, well, I was going to say explosion, but that's not, that's inaccurate. Uh, the Challenger incident um, shaped this guy's life from that moment because he stopped believing that like everything was safe and like things had happy endings etc yeah, science and, was just magical and, right and it's yeah. because he watched it live as a school kid 
Yeah, they, but most other folks weren't. Like they were, right. you know, out and about during their day. So most of the population didn't actually watch the footage until right. later when it was being replayed. And audio of explosions was added in for dramatic effect and things mm-hmm. like that. So it like it That's so not okay. added to the impact. Yeah. I'm yeah. upset. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so check out that podcast when you're all done with Harpy Hour and you need something else to binge. It's oh good. Oh my god. <laughs> Adding it to my list right now. If you want your sense of the world shattered by Elizabeth, you can listen to Harpy Hour. <laughs> by just me. As I said, Liz episode, purposely but... <laughs> ruins everything. Liz purposely ruins everything. <laughs> On iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, <laughs> TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please rate us and leave us a an explosive review? I don't know. Oh, it's, not okay. It's in bad taste. A starry I, it's review. Only, it's the only a thing. A stellar There you go. There you go. See this fell apart. A real review. Also, (laughs) (laughs) don't fake it. (laughs) Oh God. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's fake. Just do it. (laughs) How do we know that? What is a fake review? Everything is an illusion. Reality doesn't exist. Have you ever faked anything in your life? Tell us about it. At gmail.com and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Harpy Hour Pod. Oh, God, this is off the rails. <laughs> Harpy Hour is still offering exclusive content for Patreon subscribers through the end of March. So continue to get your extra laughs there with Harpy Half Hour and Not a Doctor. As a reminder, listeners, for our finale at the uh, end of March, you are invited to send any farewell messages by the end of this month, by the end of February 2022. Send us those This episode those airs messages. March 1st, so oh. it's too late. <laughs> uh, Fuck. Well, do you want to read it? In that? that case, scratch everything <laughs> I just said. Harpy Hour will continue to offer Fuck you. special content to Patreon subscribers <laughs> to the end of March, to the end of this month. Uh, continue to get your extra laughs there. And uh, we'll miss you after that. yeah we'll miss you real hard oh god (laughs) thanks for listening okay Okay, bye bye. bye. oops oh my god my bad